Well, it didn't get dressed up for nothing. Let me tell you that. And you know, it's not it's not so much the heat as the gust-turned humidity. And it, you know that, you know, when you sit there in the bed and you, you're just sweaty, you know, and you just... You go to reach for the water on the nightstand and you slide right out of bed and the wife says, Stop making so much noise. You're waking me up. Go to sleep. Well, let me tell you. Yeah. Times like that make me think about moving up north, you know. Good idea. Yeah, I'd do it too. Of course, then I couldn't watch the Packers, you know. The Packers are... Gosh, I like the Packers. I'd do anything for the Packers. Who can forget Vince Lombardi, you know, back in the glory years? Not me, boy. Well, anyhow, getting to be that time of year, eh? Yeah, my dear hunter, how do you do? I got this deer hunting rapping tail for you. I'm so excited. It's my favorite time of year. I love to feel my bonds chasing trophy deer. But don't clap your hands to the stomping of the feet. Cause yeah, he's like me. He can't, he can't keep a steady beat. No. Come on, I guess you get with the beat. I got a great big knife, cause the hunting is my life. It's my chance to drink beer and get, get away, away from, from the, the wife. wife. It's the boys' night out, acting stupidly. Say no, baby, baby, yeah, don't you think maybe how about you and me, yeah? <laughs> well, we partied all night, never made it to our bunks, and I was sitting in the tree stand on a tree day drunk. Wind was blowing 45, temp 30 below. I was freezing to death, then it started to snow. So I got down from the tree stand, start heading for the truck, and that's when I seen it there. The 30 point buck. 30 point buck! 30 point buck! 30 point buck! Well, he was 8 foot tall, weighed 12,000 pounds. With every step, there was a sh- sh- shaking of the ground. He was so wonderful, so beautiful. Strutted right out of my dreams. He was created by God. Just for outdoor magazines. Now I'm not much for thinking. No, I don't do it often. But I had an idea. Yeah, what was that? <laughs> to put that dirty pointer right in his coffin. Yeah. Dirty point, Couldn't get to my grenades. Yeah, right. The howitzer was in the shop. My stomach was tied into a monkey knot. Nah. Yeah, my only hope was Betty Lou. She was the one. A combination AK-57 Uzi radar laser triple barrel double scoped heat seeking shotgun. <laughs> Dirty point, yeah, the, the women clapping in the back there. I gotta make that. Well, you would come in for me, getting bigger and bigger, but my fingers were so frozen I could not pull the trigger. I kicked off my boots, fired with my big toe. I was Dirty Harry, John Wayne, and G.I. Joe. Yeah, that 30 point buck was only 10 feet away, y'all. Yeah. Still, I couldn't seem to hit him, and he wouldn't run away. And, and after 20 minutes, when the smoke cleared, there were hunters on the ground in the world's biggest deer. deer standing tall and proud. He looked at me and yawned, and then a flash of white. 
And there he was, gone. <laughs> oh, it's all right, Clyde. Yeah, don't don't, don't worry about it. Well, seven men got up, and then one fell down. A big lump of blaze orange shaking on the ground. At first I thought he was one of the boys, but it was a no-brother-good-in-law man from Illinois. Then I'm back on the next plane, you know. Did you see the turdy pointer? 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 As we jumped into the truck, then I'm going to get that turdy point buck. I'm going to get that thirty point buck. I'm going to get that thirty point buck. Welcome to the Shooting Bench on Survival Circle Radio Network, keeping you informed on guns, news, politics, guns, survival, preparedness, and guns. The tyrant is holding our country hostage, and our freedom is at stake. It's time to take a stand and tell the tyrant, we will not comply. Join me now in the never-ending fight against tyranny, right here on the shooting bench. And by golly, here it is, that time again, the 12th of February. And uh, just, as always, screeching in here just about uh, late again. So anyway, I have uh, had a few things I wanted to say here, but I'm going to have to save them because I'm running short on time. But um, Monday is going to be gun full-fledged gun night plus a few other things we're going to do we're going to do lots of gun stuff uh monday night and um welcome by the way it's uh the shooting bench and it's me and i'm out of breath because i'm hurrying here so we'll just have to deal with it tonight so i picked up an old archive here that i've uh rejuvenated a little bit and and uh modified a little and this, uh, there's a few things in here that are, you know, a little bit of legislation that happened a few years ago that is not relevant. Please don't panic when you hear it. But the uh, the majority of the show, overwhelmingly, is about the SKS. And uh, it's no secret that I've always had a, a, a little fond spot in my heart for um, the SKS and the things that you can do with it. We're going to talk about that, the different things you can do. There's a lot of stuff here that probably the average rank and file Joe Blow private snuffy is not uh, aware of when it comes to the SKS. So when you get through listening to this show, you will be aware of it. You will be informed. So I, um, I've i got, and I told you before, it's, it's difficult for me to even stay on the air right now with this campaign. I'm just uh, you know, trying to work and do stuff and run a few classes and this campaign also, and it's killing me. But I made a promise to keep this on the air, and I'm going to keep the show on the air until until the lights go out. So I'm going to do my best anyway. If I get the uh, if I get the if I win the election for sheriff, we'll see what happens after that. We may I may have to go down to one night a week. You know, maybe it'll just be Liberty Lounge. Maybe I don't know. 
but um, we got a long ways to go before we have to worry about that. So I'm going to start off here. Uh, you'll hear some old uh, familiar names on this one for those of you that have been with me a while. Solar Steve and and uh, some other ones here. And uh, so hopefully you'll uh, get a kick out of this show. And I'm going to get on with it here. I've got things to do, places to go, and people to see. So I appreciate you joining me. And here we go. Stand by. All right, here we go. Now, there was a couple of things that I was going to talk about tonight. One of them was the fact that, remember we talked here last week, last um, Monday, week ago tonight, I believe it was, we talked about the um, missing veterans, so many of them. Well, I did get a little more stuff on that. Thank you. You are awesome, Amy. Amy just brought me some groceries. It's very nice. Thank you. And now for a break. No, no, just kidding. Okay. Uh, I did. I, want, I just had wanted to post a couple of links. I told some other people that I was going to talk about that more tonight, but I realized that all the information that I had personally for that has already been shared. So uh, I, I'm not going to talk about that, but I did find a couple of links that would uh, kind of um, confirm what we were talking about. And if Firefox wouldn't have just, wow, I tell you what, I'm have, I'm just about ready to uh, throw up my hands and give up here. We were having so much trouble. All right. While we're trying to get this all squared away, here's one of them. Let's see if I can get the cotton picking thing to work. Um, one of the things that's come up here is uh, the ATF is not happy with their having to abandon banning the M855 ammo. So now they're looking at banning all 5.56 ammo, all 223 ammo. Uh, I don't know if they know the difference or if they, you know, what what's going to come of this. There's some top-level Democrats that are getting on them and saying, hey, these are all cop killers. These can, these can all defeat Vest. You know why? And I've always wondered about this. This is something that's concerned me. Every time we get out there as knowledgeable, concerned patriots, we get out there and we say, hey, this is a stupid idea. They're going to ban this kind of ammo, but that's dumb because... Uh, you know, everything in that caliber will do this, that, or the other. And, and all we're doing is telling them things that they don't know. And if we'd have all shut up about it, then maybe they wouldn't be trying to ban all of them now. I mean, that's just a guess. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they didn't, uh, mention anything about that to begin with. It was just the one type that they were afraid of. Uh, now, you know, and, and we've all, we're all guilty of it. They, um, you know, they, they don't know that, uh, I, I guess they, assuming that they all listen to the shooting bench, we can tell them that the, uh, you know, 3030 will go through most vests, uh, 308 will go through pretty much all of them until you get up into, uh, something that's got plates. Uh, the 222 Remington, 222 Magnum, 22250. Uh, hell, you name it, 270, 30, I'll say it doesn't make any difference. All of them. Even a 22 Magnum will go through a level three without plates. So, I mean, geez, it's, uh, 
I say, hey, Solar Steve did make it in here. Welcome, buddy. Glad to, glad to. I tell you what, Solar Steve had, had um, sent me a, a message here a while ago, and it's not anything that's that's sensitive. I can tell you, and it's something that we've uh, Doc certainly knows what's going on, and um, <laughs> yeah, if they're worried about five five six, they ought to have a baby over thirty out six. That's a fact. Um. And many, you know, kids, right? They somebody said today that, uh, uh, you know, they they can't do that. They don't have the constitutional authority to do that. Well, yeah, that's true in a way. Yes, they do not have the constitutional authority to do it, but they will do as they damn well please, and they have been uh, for quite a while. So. The uh, it, it doesn't make any difference what they have the authority to do. It doesn't make any difference whether an executive order is truly law. It doesn't make any difference if uh, uh, it, it, nothing makes any difference. It doesn't matter. What makes a difference is what they want to do. That's all that matters. Um. Anyway, I was going to say what what Solar Steve was uh, telling me a while ago is we are we aware of. The amount of radio traffic and everything that's coming over um, on the very far western side of, uh, of the United States, around Alaska and between Alaska and Russia and, and, and everything over there. And yeah, you know, um, it, well, I don't say coming from there, but about that part of the country. And I think Doc mentioned something about this a uh, day or two ago about, and I, and I also saw a news article on it today about, um, you know, Russia could conceivably be coming, uh, across the Bering Strait and, and into Russia. Obviously, if they're going to do anything, that would be the quite obviously the, the, the fastest, shortest way for them to do it. And probably the least dangerous, at least to get part way in there. Now we have a uh, before we can get a whole lot of reinforcements over there. Of course, we can do it um, by air and and by sea. That providing that Canada will let us fly across their airspace. If not, then we have to go around a little bit, which wouldn't cost a, a whole lot of time. But um, Nevertheless, um, make a long story short, there's a whole lot of stuff going on right now that looks uh, pretty serious for us. Uh, they said that we have uh, M1 tanks and stuff going over to uh, two or three different little countries over there. We've got something like the tune of 3,000 or more troops headed over there, or over there, not headed over there, already there. And uh, Putin is not liking all this stuff. And he's taking exception to it. And, you know, it's uh, it's anybody's guess what could happen here in the next, literally in the next uh, few days. Not even weeks or months. It could happen just any time now. So we'll see what happens. I was gonna let's see if this link is gonna work here. I did the one link I was gonna put in here for you that had to do with uh there we go. Has to do with uh the vets that are being taken away in the middle of the night. 
lots and lots of them. There's one of them right there. And uh, I found two or three of them just like that. But um, let's see. My computer is so slow tonight and everything's just not working. I don't know what is wrong with this thing. Uh, it, it's just happened within the last week or so, and we've just been having all kinds of problems, and I can apologize all over myself for it, but uh, that doesn't change the fact that uh quality of the show kind of sucks right now. So as long as you can hear me, I guess that's uh, that's going to be the, the main thing. So I did tell some people on Facebook that we were going to talk about the SKS a little bit tonight. And I put on there, come join us on the shooting bench. We're going to talk about the lowly SKS. Well, I I was hoping we'd get a little bit of uh, reaction over that. We got some. But uh, do I think the SKS is a lowly weapon? No, not at all. Uh, It's not as fancy as some of the rest of them. It's not as accurate as some of the rest of them. Uh, There's a lot of things it's not as uh, some of the rest of them. But reliability and adequate power for you know 90% of what you're ever going to need to do, then, uh, yeah, the SKS just fine. Now, of course, the, the round that it shoots is the same as the AK-47, so half of what we're talking about will apply to the AK-47 as well. The SKS was, and I don't have, I'm not even going to try. I had a bunch of stuff material up for this tonight, and I'm not even going to try to bring it up because I'm afraid it's going to ruin my, uh, ruin all my stuff here. So we're just going to have to kind of play it by ear and, and wing it here a little bit. But the SKS was born back, I believe, 1946, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a, it's a semi-automatic rifle, but one of the great things about it is that you can, and there never was, I don't think, a fully automatic version of the SKS. It's always, as far as I know, it's always been a semi. It was uh, originally born with a 10-round non-detachable magazine, and because of that, people have a little bit of a problem with detachable magazines for it, because the bolt has to be open to both insert and take out the non-detachable magazine. That's not an insurmountable problem, guys. You can take your Dremel tool or an angle grinder, you know, bench grinder, if you're very careful. And if you look on the underside of your bolt, you'll see that it's slotted. And when the bolt closes... There's a, there's a small part of it that uh, those, those slots, um, there, there's way your, your uh, feed lips on the magazine go into the slots on that bolt. All you need to do is grind those two slots out. You don't have to take the whole bottom off of it. It's just on each side you take off. It's about an eighth of an inch and about an eighth of an inch deep. And you'll take off, um, take that, um, those two slots out of there. And when you can, you can insert that magazine. Once you do that, you can insert that magazine or take it out just like any other gun. It doesn't matter. 
Otherwise, you have to put the, um, you have to have the bolt to the rear. And that's a little bit difficult unless the magazine has run empty. If you've shot it dry, the bolt will lock to the rear. You put your other one in and pull your bolt handle to the rear slightly and let it go and it feeds and everything's great. But, um, Yakima Glock, that is a big deal. Now, it's, uh, you don't, and, and this is a Yakima Glock, brother, I love you. Don't, uh, don't think I'm saying anything bad about what you're saying, but you have the same attitude that a whole bunch of other people do. It's not unusual. Uh, and that is to think that you're always going to shoot that thing dry before you change magazines. If you shoot, you shoot it dry for only one of two reasons. One, because the fighting is so fierce that you can't make a tactical reload, or you are negligent in making your tactical reloads, one or the other. Um, so people have this uh, this recreational shooting, this competition mentality, and uh, it's very dangerous out there in the real world. You don't ever want to shoot your magazine dry if you don't absolutely have to. And uh, now I'm having trouble. I can't get my chat room to come back up again. This really ticks me off. No end. But you never want to shoot that gun dry unless it is too dangerous for you to uh, to, to keep it running with another bat. If, you shoot, if I shoot 15 rounds and I see 25 guys coming over the mountain over here, I don't want to shoot five and then take the time to do a reload. I want to go ahead and top it off now with a new magazine. And put that partially depleted magazine in a drop bag or something, or in my cargo pants, or you know, pocket in my cargo pocket or whatever, um, and, and keep that gun running. So I don't. Uh, I, th- this is a this is a a mindset that is taught through um, through a lot of this competition shooting and stuff. And um, if Anybody that takes our uh, class up there in Yakima when I'm able to, to get up there in June, then we'll spend quite a bit of time on this. And I think that I can make everybody believe that shooting the gun dry is a dangerous thing to do if you don't have to. Um, now, the stock 10-round magazine, it's flawless. It works good. And as long as you have stripper clips. Now, the thing is, you can load that thing pretty well. Whether, um, uh, whether it has, whether you have stripper clips or not. Stripper clips are definitely faster, but at least you're able to load it by hand. You know, if your M1 Grand runs out of end block clips, uh, you're down to a single shot. It's a little tough. Um, if your, uh, you know, your, your AR-15 or, or AK-47, whatever, you run out of magazines, you're down to a single shot and very, very difficult to load single shot at that. The SKS, as long as you don't have any any uh, optics or anything up there in the way, it is both easy to load um, one at a time by hand and pretty fast, and it's an easy to load single shot if it comes down to that. Um, so if you're out of stripper clips, you, you're not you're not armed with a club like you are some other guns. Um, now the. the it is a very, very good thing. Um, 
Long slide, what are you talking about? What about changing it over to mags? It already, it already shoots a mag. I'm not sure what you mean. If you're talking about detachable mags, well, that's what we've been talking about. I don't, I don't know if you were here when we started talking about that. Um, Doc says that each 10-round mag is individually fitted to the rifle. Um, I, I won't doubt that it is, but I will say that I have taken um, probably well over 100 SKSs and put in just any old 10-round magazine we had. And, I, you know, I've changed them back and forth on mine. I've never had a feeding problem with it. Um, but I can see why that may be why some of the duckbill magazines don't work. Now, the, um, uh, the duckbill magazine, the Tapco, absolutely 100% flawless 100% of the time. If your Tapco magazine, your 20 round Tapco duckbill type magazine, as they call them, if it doesn't work, it's, well, let me, let me rephrase that. If there's a malfunction, it's not because of the magazine. I promise you, if there's any, if, if you doesn't feed well, if something happens, it's your gun's fault. Uh, it's a gas tube problem. It's a gas valve problem, like in the Yugoslavian ones or something like that. It is not that magazine's problem. Fault. They're 100% flawless. But, um, Speaking of that, before I forget about it, the um, the Yugoslavian guns with the grenade launchers on them, when you get those, the chances are about 50-50 that you're going to find one that the gas valve or something else in this system is ruined because of the gas valve, because of the because of the fact that it's a a uh, has the grenade launcher. So it may cost you 50 or 60 bucks to take that $200 rifle and get it running properly. But when you do, it'll be the last time you'll ever have to do it. It will last a long time. Now, SKSs are so reliable and they shoot really well. The, um, the typical SKS are, uh, um, a little more accurate than the um, than the AK-47, generally. Uh, not too late. The a- SKSs are only prone to slam fire if you don't clean them. Uh, they will do it. They sure can. But it's only because you get a bunch of crap in the in the bolt because there's no spring in there to bring the firing pin back to where it's supposed to be. But if you get a bunch of crap in there, yeah, <laughs> you can turn a you can turn an SKS into an uncontrollable fully automatic by just not cleaning it for a while. Um, Yakima Glock, I, I'm not positive whether the Yugos are chrome-lined or not. Not all not all SKSs are chrome-lined by any means, but um, a good many. I, th- I, think, I thought the Yugos were simply because of that, but uh, um, I'm not sure. Edge of the Woods might know. Edge of the Woods, I think, even has a Yugo out there. Uh because I think he got it for me. I know he got his SKS for me. I just don't know if it's a Yugo or not. I don't remember. Let me uh, let me try something here real quick. And I'm going to ask if this is going to work. For some reason, nothing's working for me tonight. 
So, well, it looks like it's not going to work. Okay, well, whatever. Okay, let's... um. Let's let's start from one end to the other here. The one thing you can do to your SKS, there's a couple of really really nice stocks that you can put on them. Uh, Tapco makes a couple of different ones. Well, Tapco makes one that is awesome. It's a uh, uh, collapsible stock pistol grip. Uh, works pretty good, and it's uh, it seems to be at least in mine seem to be. A little more accurate. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Mine was not the Tapco stock. If you want to really, really beef up your SKS and make it awesome, don't get the Tapco stock. Get the Dragonoff stock made by Choate. Um, it's not collapsible. It's not foldable. But um, it's uh, it's a one-piece pistol grip type, uh, not pistol grip, but uh, thumb hole type. Well, you know what a Dragonoff stock looks like. Just do a just do a search for Dragonoff, and uh, you'll get the, the same picture on all of them. If you take that stock and get a Choate scope mount that drills into the side of the receiver, you got to drill and tap it into the receiver, not into the dust cover, and uh, work on that trigger a little bit. And I'm going to tell you, the trigger is a bear. In order to get that trigger halfway decent, it is not easy. Most gunsmiths won't even touch it because it's a, it's a real dog to, to get uh, halfway decent. But once you do that, you will... Uh, dang it, I keep getting all these stupid problems here with plug-ins. Uh, once you do that, you get your trigger down, put a decent stock on it, get some decent ammo for it, and uh, put a decent scope on it. Don't put one of those 1995 Chinese scopes on it. Get something, uh, you know, halfway decent. It doesn't have to be great. It's not a target gun. It's never going to be a target gun. But the one I had <clears throat> would very comfortably shoot an inch and a half. It would shoot under two inches with anything I put in it. It would almost keep up with my... Uh, with my 527 and it had a uh, <clears throat> let's see what kind of scope I had a weaver I had a little weaver scope on it thing you need to be aware of if you're not using the uh, a compact a very short scope on there you will find that your brass is going to ding up the uh, the bottom of your scope pretty bad but a way to get around that is to, uh, if you look up towards the, the front of the gas system, you'll see a little switch up there. You don't bring that switch up to the top and lift that, um, that gas tube off of there. And there'll be a piston inside that tube. Don't mess with the, if you don't know what you're doing, don't mess with the little lever on that's right under your sights. Leave it alone or you're going to poke your eye out. But if you uh, take the other one and take the gas piston out of that and put the tube back on it, you will have a very effective, um, I'm not going to call it a single shot because it's, it's just a very, very fast bolt action. Um, it's not a single shot as long as you got rounds in your magazine. It'll work as fast as you can reach up there by hand and operate your bolt handle. 
Now, of course, we, we put the bolt handle on the, on the left side of our guns and, uh, speeded that up just a little bit. Or <clears throat> speeded or sped. Yeah. And, and it also makes that uh, a tad more accurate because, uh, the bolt is not a real fast, you know, being a low pressure gun, it doesn't work nearly as fast as some of the other semi-automatics. So you're removing some of that movement out of it. So I can still shoot it pretty quickly by just reaching up. It's a straight pull bolt action. Uh, you just reach up, yank it to the rear, and turn it loose, and, and you're ready for another one. So I've increased the accuracy a little bit by killing the semi-automatic capability, but it's still still pretty quick. So it made it both a an effective medium range um I, I hesitate to say a sniper rifle but it it could be um you know as a sniper sniping can be done with a slingshot out of the top of a pine tree you know everybody says well the sniper has to be able to hold an eight inch group at a thousand yards with this and no you don't it's just that some long range snipers do uh, there's a great number of snipers that have been very effective with a 1022 shooting out of the window of, 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 of buildings down into the street 75 yards away. So, yes, you could certainly make a sniping gun out of your SKS in that regard. But the other thing it does is makes it a pretty effective, uh, 250-yard hunting gun, you know, out to, uh, for, uh, deer size game and smaller. Uh, could you take something bigger with it? <laughs> Absolutely. I've told you the story before about the guy in Tin Sleep or in uh um not in Tin Sleep in uh up on the Pittsfork Ranch right out of um what in the world is that town? Uh, poop. Anyway, it's on the Pittsfork Ranch and he killed nine elk one day with an SKS. He had had trouble over and over, trying to get the keep the elk out of his uh, uh, haystacks and stuff. He'd gone done everything he reasonably could. He tried the gas cannons. He tried scarecrows. He used dogs. He tried everything in the world. And whatever he tried, pretty soon he'd get used to it. Or the elk would get used to it, and um, and just keep on doing it. So pretty soon he just said, you know, I'm tired of it. And he went out with an SKS, and he killed nine elk, all of them right there. Uh, one of them run off uh, a little ways, a few hundred yards away from the haystack. The rest of them all died where they stood. Now, certainly part of that is due to his um, to his marksmanship. But nevertheless, the, little, the, the lowly 7.62 by 39 dropped most of them in their tracks. Does that make it an elk gun? No. It just means it's capable of killing elk. 22 is capable of killing elk. That doesn't mean it's an elk gun. Um, the SKS is, or the 7.62 by 39, is approximately the same power level as a 30-30 with a comparable weight bullet. Uh, the 7.62 by 39 actually does a little better because it's a pointed bullet, and your 30-30s are... Uh, for the most part, most of them are round or flat nose, and they lose their uh, they lose their velocity much faster than the pointed SKS bullet. Um, I had a, a guy on on Facebook that uh, chastised me a little bit. I don't think he knew that I was being facetious when I said the lowly 
AK-47. Um, and he said, lowly. Um, I don't remember exactly how he worded it. I'm having a hard time keeping everything running here, so I'm not going to try to get in there. But he said, lowly. He said, it'll, uh, it'll go through a one inch plate at, at, uh, a hundred yards and, and, uh, ring a bell at 300 or something like that. Well, it, it may go through a one inch plate if you have the armor, the old armor piercing stuff that, uh, Norinko used to put out and everything. Um, it will not go through a one inch plate in its standard full metal jacket, uh, configuration. I actually, I'm sitting here looking at a one inch plate right now that we've tried that on. I've got it. We carried it up here from Farmington and, um, had it sitting on the counter. We shot it with a 50 cal and we shot it with a, a, uh, Oh, 416 Rigby and the 308 and the 30-06 and the 7.62 with 39 and the 40 Smith and Wesson. And so we've got a very, very wide range of calibers there that we've shot it with just to show uh, what they would do. None of them went through it. Now, the 50 cal would have gone through it if it would have been secured. Um, but the, when the 50 cal hit it, it just kind of picked it up and carried it away. So a lot of that... Um, a lot of that, uh, energy was wasted and, and not able to, uh, to penetrate, but it certainly would have if it was, had been secured or if it was on a, you know, that same plate would have been on an armored vehicle or something, then it would have, uh, gone right through there. Um, I'm not sure what to tinker. I don't know what you're talking about. I must have forgot the quote marks. I'm not sure what. Oh, okay, I know what you, alright, I got you, I know what you're talking about, man. Anyway, there was, uh, Yakima Glock, yeah, back when you pick them up all day brand new for a hundred bucks, yeah, I got mine for eighty nine ninety five. I wish I hadn't have sold it now, I finally, I kept it for a long time, I bought it back in ninety ninety four, uh, right about the time just before the assault weapons ban, uh, went into, into effect, and I just sold it about, uh, four or five years ago. Sold it just before I went to Luna, I think. But uh, a lot of things you can do with the SKS. It's uh, if you take that gas piston out, you turn it into a, 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 a true, honest to goodness sporting rifle. Now, what I did, I took a, uh, I carried that thing around for quite a while, had it in the truck, and I always figured that if I ever got into a tight spot and needed to needed that semi-automatic capability, if I had the time. Uh, to get behind a rock and had, you know, 45 seconds or so, uh, to get that back in there. Um, then I would need to, I, I had a, a tube. It's the same tube that the aluminum tube that a uh, parachute flare comes in, a military parachute flare. And so I, I took that gas piston and wrapped it in a rag and put it in that aluminum tube. I could have used something a lot smaller, but that's what I had. So, and um, uh, I put that in my backpack. So if I needed to to get it back working again, all I had to do was get in there and get that tube, yank it open, lift the little lever, pick up the tube off the uh, gas tube off there, slide the piston in it, put the tube back on, and we're ready to go. I had already machined the bottom of the bolt. I say machined. I ground. I didn't machine. I ground the bottom of the bolt off so I could put uh, use non or, uh, detachable magazines um, 
effectively. And it became a pretty, pretty cotton picking nice little gun. And, uh, that Dragon Off stock, uh, by Choate is a little heavier and a little more well built. You can get one just like it, uh, that appears to be just like it from, uh, um, what is it? Advantage, um, Oh, shoot. Starts with an A. I don't know why I can't think of it. Um, anyway, whatever it is, you get one just like it. Uh, but the, the, the chote stock is, um, it's heavier. It's more rigid. It's more well built. It feels better in the hand. It is absolutely damn sure worth the money. And, um, if you want to, if you want to doll up your, your uh, ATI, thank you. If you want to doll up your, your, uh, SKS, go with Choate. It's kind of like putting a, a, uh, $150 scope on a 22. People say it's just a 22. Just a 22, excuse me. There is not any caliber in any country, in any type of firearm, that is any more inherently accurate than the lowly 22 long rifle. Your gun has to be mechanically AFU not to shoot well. All 22s shoot better than most shooters. Uh, unless it's wore out, shot out, bent, screwed up, pitted, got some other type of problems, it will shoot promise you that so why would you not put a decent scope on it to put a twenty dollar scope i don't I, I still have uh right now to this day i still have a, a 22 that i got when i was nine years old it's a montgomery ward it was made by mossberg it cost 19 dollars 97 cents or something like that back in when i was nine years old whenever in the hell that was 1963 465 and uh, I've got a D it's a Tasco scope but at least it's not a piece of junk that gun will still strike matches I mean it shoots it'll shoot you know quarter inch groups at 25 yards till, till you get tired of pulling the trigger and the groups are not the hell of a lot more net it'll shoot an inch or, or under at 100 yards it shoots exceedingly well it's a $19.22 that is, um, well, it, you know what? It is 50 years old this year. That, uh, wow, geez, I wish I wouldn't have said that. Yeah, it's a 50 year old 22. And, um, I neglected it quite a bit when I was younger, but I want you to know, that I would go up against all but the most expensive, finest target rifles in the world with that gun. It shoots exceedingly well. It doesn't shoot pretty good. It shoots exceedingly well. Um, Doc, you're you're talking about my gun right there. You said the most accurate 22 you own is an ancient Western Field, made by Mossberg. That's exactly what mine is. Made it's Montgomery Ward Western Field. It was a Mossberg. I don't remember the number on it, but it was it was less than twenty dollars when I 
when I got mine, and mine's uh, a little newer than, than yours. But uh, I'll tell you what, it will shoot. Um, Edge of the Woods got one he got at Gambles in, New, in Las Vegas, New Mexico. Where did mine come from? Uh, well, obviously it came from Montgomery Ward. I just said where it came from. That was when Montgomery Ward, you could still walk into a Montgomery Ward and, uh, <laughs> and buy a gun right over the counter and walk out with it the same day. That was, uh, that was a while back. But anyway. Okay. What else about the SKS? Um, stay away from the, um, dust cover mounted scope mounts there is one that is marginally useful it's not too awful bad it's it's actually you have to buy the dust cover itself it doesn't mount uh it's got um well i guess all of me do as far as that goes but this one has a couple of set screws that drop down there and will will it, it, it doesn't have to be drilled and tapped into the receiver, but it is, um, it's got little set screws that go up against the receiver on both sides to hold it in place. That is this, probably the second best one. Um, and they're, they're, they're fairly solid. But the one that I had doesn't touch the dust cover at all. It, uh, it, it it's a completely separate mount. And bolts into the, uh, into the side of the receiver, drilled and tapped into the receiver, and it's very, very solid. Works well. And, uh, let's see. What else? If you look at your sights on there, for those of you that don't already know, the sights are graduated out to a thousand meters. It, does that mean the SKS is a thousand yard gun? <laughs> Not by any remote stretch of the imagination. However, in volley fire, like, like the, uh, uh, like the arrows in, in Braveheart, where you just got a, just sky turns black with arrows, when you get a company of conscripts out there, firing and they see their enemy out there at a thousand yards and all of them rack that uh that side slide that uh, little slider up to a thousand meters on their on their gun and then they they hold out there in about the right place when you get uh you know 200 rifles all shooting you're going to hit somebody once in a while it's going to be luck you're not ever going to do it on purpose you may sit out there and shoot 18 boxes of shells at a man-sized target at a thousand yards, and you might accidentally luck one in there in that length of time. But uh, it's not anything you're going to do predictably on purpose. But um, the same same sights as the AK-47. Now, if you want to sight this gun in, don't make sure you know where the um, where the slider is when you go to sight it in. If it's shooting low, don't raise the back sight. That's not made for sighting in. It's made for once it is sighted in, so you'll have an idea of about where that bullet's going to land at, at one, two, three, out to a thousand meters. 
So your, uh, your front sight on the AK and the SKS is adjustable for both windage and elevation. The elevation, sometimes you can get away with, um, by, by doing it with a pair of needle nose pliers or something, you can kind of, kind of jerry rig a little makeshift tool to make that work. But your, uh, uh, your windage, in order to do it right, you, you can do it with a punch and a, and a hammer. It's just pretty hard to control. It moves pretty hard. And they make a little C-clamp type tool that you put on there so that you can use the power, the leverage of a screw and move that side over a little bit. So you put your, your rear slider on 100 meters and then you use your front sight to get it zeroed. Once you do that, then you can use your slider to go to whatever, if you figure your target's out there at 300 yards, then you go ahead and run that up to 300. And, uh, of course, it's in meters, but you run that up to 300, and and uh, uh, you should be pretty close. I say pretty close because it's not a precision tool. Now, on the back of the, the slider, on the rear sight, you'll notice that um, there's a little, if you pull the slider all the way to the rear, and then there's a little step. You bring that up just a little bit onto that little step. That little step is the same as 300 meters. The reason that's that way is so you can pick up anybody's gun, uh, assuming that they have got it somewhere as close to sighted in. You can pick up anybody's uh, in the dark, not know where it's at, and just grab that slider and pull it back to that little, and, and put it on that little step. And uh, just pull it all the way back and lift slightly, and it'll be on that little step. And it will be at the 300-meter mark. So there'll be no no need to hold over, no need to, to make any, any guesswork out to 300 meters and, and less. You'll be able to just um, just pull the trigger. You'll be right on. So that's why that that's why that little step is on there like that. It is uh, exactly the same height as your 300 meter setting there. So there's a few things since I was not able to bring up any of my reference material. There's a few things to talk about just off the top of my head here for uh, uh, for the SKS. It's a neat gun. I like them. I have absolutely nothing against the SKS. When I said lowly. I was certainly being facetious. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I am a a tremendous, never-ending fan of the 7.62 by 39 round, whatever it comes out of. My little bolt-action gun, the SKS AK-47, I don't care what you shoot it out of, it's a great round. I really, really like it. So there's a lot of stuff you can do with it. So we managed to get through this with no breaks because we didn't have any music, and we're not going to have anything. I'm going to play my my outro here just because it'll it'll show up on the recording. But uh, other than that, we're done. We've got um, Amy will be in here again tomorrow at the same time, and I'll be following right after. She will not be here Wednesday. Be sure, and um, I, I was not able to play the advertisement for 
uh, buyer barrels. If you want a good quality, absolutely fine shooting barrel for a 10.22 or an AR-15, then you need to contact Clint Buyer at buyerbarrels.com. Uh, his barrels will be shooting at the Shoot the Deuce competition here in Sholo this year. And um, my son and I, we, we didn't practice at all last year, at all. And uh, we went out there to shoot the deuce, and we just about cleaned them out. Uh, we did get beat in a couple of categories. My son won uh, one of them, and I was right behind him. And so this year, uh, I'm going to take the, uh, I'm going to put buyer barrels on, well, I've already got buyer barrels on both my 1022s. And um, I'm going to uh, go out there and do my best to smoke them uh, this year. So all that being said, I'm out of here, and we will see you all tomorrow night. Thanks for joining me, and I'm I'm sure enough sorry for all the problems we had here with the deal. I'm going to get this computer cleaned up, hopefully before tomorrow, and we won't have this problem. So good night, guys. Thanks for joining us for another edition of The Shooting Bench. Please join COPE for the most politically incorrect firearms information show on talk radio. Lead, follow, or get the hell out of the way. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for you to decide who you are. Somebody should call them. Somebody should write a letter. Somebody should try and stop that. Somebody should do something. I challenge you to look in the mirror and tell me what you see. If there's somebody there, that would be you. It's time for you to do something. There is no doubt that the Constitution is hanging by a thread. It's not going to wait for us much longer. 